0: a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. The Other People Podcast is offered freely. All episodes of this program are available for free. There's an official Other People app. That, too, is free. It's all free. Your support makes a difference. If you like the show and you want to support it, just go to Patreon com slash other ppl pod that's patreon.com slash other pod thank you you are not alone you have found other people
1: you and I have a friend in common
0: every stupid thing that a writer could do I've done I think it's really beautiful, beautiful. Jesus did what a struggle you know <laughs> incredible you know it's like your head exploded seeing what was really there and now here's your host. Brad Listie.
1: Just one person is just alone. Oh, hey. Hello, everybody. This is the
0: Other People Podcast. I'm Brad Listy. I am in Los Angeles, California, and it's good to be with you. Thank you for listening. I have Joey Grantham on the program, or I'm sorry, Joseph Grantham, as, uh, as it reads on the jacket of his new poetry collection. His new poetry collection is called Tom Sawyer, and it's available from Civil Coping Mechanisms. So it's nice to have Joseph, young Joseph, Joseph Grantham Jr. on the program. I have known him over the transom for years now, like actually longer than I realized. We were talking and and he was telling me about email exchanges that we had over the years. He's been listening to the show for a long time, going back to his uh, years in college in Bennington, up in Vermont. And, uh, what makes it also, what makes it additionally, uh, fun and, uh, interesting and gratifying for me is that his, uh, family is, uh, like his family, his parents and his sister also listen to the program. So it was sort of a unique set of circumstances that, uh, brought Joseph Grantham to, uh, to my house here in Los Angeles to record his grandmother, uh, Ellie they called her, uh, Ema passed away sadly, uh, recently. So the family was out in Southern California for the memorial service. And, uh, actually, uh, I want to say they spread her ashes on the day that we recorded, <laughs> uh, in the Pacific ocean. It was like that, that was kind of the day as Joseph described it to me. It was like, you know, memorial service spread ashes in the morning. And then the whole family drove up to Los Angeles after that. And I got to meet all of them, and we recorded the show. So quite a day, if you can try to uh, wrap your head around that. But I want to... Uh, first of all, I want to dedicate this episode to the memory of uh, Ema. I know what it's like to lose a grandparent. That sucks. Or, you know, I haven't lost a parent yet. But that's got to suck. Uh, it's got to suck a lot. So my condolences... And, uh, this episode is dedicated to Ema. I never met Ema, but I did get some text messages from, uh, Joey when he was visiting her earlier this year. And I think they were watching motocross and he's described her to me on a couple of occasions and she just sounded like a lot of fun. Like one of those like awesome grandmas who, uh, you know. It's really sad. It's like extra sad to lose when you lose somebody that that has that much life force and uh, good humor. So here's to EMA, and uh, I'm excited to have Joseph on the program to uh, talk with me. He's celebrating the publication of his debut poetry collection, Tom Sawyer, available from Civil Coping Mechanism. That's coming up in just a minute. Just to kind of track the history of uh, Joseph Grantham and I, I, wanted, I thought I would read to you. I think this is the first email exchange I ever had with Joey. He reminded me of it when he was here. And then I went back through and I was reading it. And I was like, oh my God. As I've told you many times in this program, my memory is terrible. But, you know, going back through the archive, uh, the email archives, it uh, brought it all back to me. So this is the first email that he uh, sent me about four years ago. He says, Hey Brad, I just listened to the May 4th episode with Kathleen Rooney. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put some music on here. I think we need some uh, piano. So, uh, Hey Brad, I just listened to the May 4th episode with Kathleen Rooney, where you expressed your fears about the podcast and your worries about money and the worth of the podcast. I can't give any advice about money. I'm a 20-year-old Bennington College student attempting to be a writer. I don't know shit about making money, but I can tell you, about the worth of this thing you've created. Your podcast helps me get through my days out here in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. There's not a lot of inspiration around these parts. We've got a Walmart, a price chopper, a Hannaford supermarket. We've got a lot of supermarkets, but that's about it. Your podcast helps me when I'm facing the blank page. It gives me a little kick. It gets me going. And as someone who gets pretty moody out here, pretty down, I find a little bit of solace knowing that every Wednesday and Sunday there will be a new other people. And here I should jump in. Like this is back in the days when I did two episodes a week, every week. So uh, Joey continues, it's a comforting thing. You've got to keep it up. On a final note, my entire family listens to the show. Mom, dad, sister, even my dog. And we all do our best to spread the word. In fact, I just emailed one of my writing professors about the show. Anyway, this email has become a bit unorganized, a bit jumbled, so I'll end it by saying that, Brad, cheer up if you can. (laughs) You're having a pretty powerful effect on strangers around the country and the world. We need you. Thanks, Joey Grantham. So, that's an awfully sweet email. And of course I forgot. I forgot it entirely. (laughs) A terrible person. I mean, I remembered it once I read it, but I was like, oh man, that's a very nice email sent by Joey Grantham to me years ago. And now uh, here he is. And I should say too, it was such a lovely opportunity to meet his family. For those of you who kind of like cyber know Joey and know of his family or have had the pleasure of meeting his family, they are uh, just terrific. His uh, dad, Joe, his mom, Patty, his sister, Mick, with whom uh, he runs a small press called Disorder Press. Just great people. They were a lot of fun to talk with, even on a sad day. I happened to meet them and catch them at a weird time, but they were delightful. And uh, hopefully coming up to L.A. and, uh, you know, getting to uh, meet my crew and just have a little bit of a respite from it all was uh, helpful. So, oh, and I should also add, <laughs> found this fun kind of interesting. As uh, Joseph and I, young Joseph were, uh, we were standing in my backyard, um, you know, around the time that we were going to record and he sort of like shows me his phone and he's like, Hey, you know, my friend Connor just texted me, check this out. And I look at the text message from Connor and it says, it's strange that you're doing the other people podcast today because I'm now just remembering that Brad Listie was in my dream last night. We were sitting on this pier watching these islands in the distance get blown up. And there was maybe a weird, subtle sexual tension between us. So that's what Joey uh, shows me right as we're about to go on the air. (laughs) I don't know quite what to make of it. I'm flattered to appear in anyone's dreams in any context. So thank you, Connor, for sharing And uh, what else? I think we should just get to the conversation. Are you ready for that? I'm ready for that. Let's talk, uh, or let's listen to me talk to Joseph Grantham. You know what I mean. Jesus. This is Joseph Grantham. His poetry collection is called Tom
1: Sawyer. My cousins were telling me that I I talk slow. Why? I don't know. Like you've
0: slowed down since they've known you?
1: Yeah, and I agree that I slowed down somehow
0: what did you is there some sort of reason like did you smoke too much weed no
1: i don't really smoke weed i don't like smoking weed you don't like it i want to like it but i i'm kind of not liking it i'm that way
0: too you can't control your narrative yeah uh so but you just feel like maybe you slowed down because you just like with age
1: (laughs) i don't know what happened i don't know um maybe like I started paying attention to the sound of my voice more. Are you self-conscious? Definitely, like right now, especially because
0: of your sound—the sound of your voice.
1: Yeah, I can. I'm like listening to it. I can hear it.
0: Okay. <laughs> do you like it?
1: No, I don't like it. Why? <laughs> I think it sounds too slow.
0: Okay. I think it's good. You're good, dude. All right. Okay. I, I think feel I just need like to relax. You do. You you have a beer. It's the middle of the day. Just take it down a notch. Alright. <laughs> Uh, I feel like you, like I notice this happen every once in a while where like somebody will emerge into the indie lit scene and will become sort of like the darling of the scene. I feel like that's you right now.
1: Well, or if, you're one of them. People. All right, yeah. There's a bunch of them, maybe.
0: Yeah. But people, uh, people are excited about you and I feel like they think you're adorable.
1: Yeah. People who wrote blurbs for my book, just called me like a nice guy. That's what all the blurbs said.
0: (laughs) But you are a nice guy. And I think, but here's the thing. Uh, I feel like your work is funny, but there's a sweet sadness to it. And uh, your goodness comes through. I think some artists, like the goodness of them sort of permeates the work. That's a compliment. Thank you. That's nice. It it feels good to read that sort of stuff. You feel like you're in good hands. And it also makes me feel like your parents did a really good job.
1: They are good people. Yeah, I just met you them. You just met them. Like I your, love them. I really do.
0: Your whole family's great. Thank you. And you know what's weird is that I kind of knew that just from Twitter. Like, I've gleaned all of this from the internet, and as much as I like to give the internet shit, it's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, like, not just with you and your family, but I've had this experience before, and I think I've talked about this before, like, where you you sort of get to know somebody online somehow, and then you meet them in person, how many times have you been shocked? Like, oh my God, I yeah. had no... Like it's usually Has about- that ever
1: happened to you, though, where you thought no. someone was going to be nice and then...
0: No. I've never been like catfished or surprised. I've always been like, oh yeah, that's that person that I know on the internet. They're the, you know, exactly what I thought they were going you know, to be. Am
1: I living up to my
0: you are. darlingness? It's just your voice is fucked up. Yeah,
1: it's too slow. <laughs> sort of a lisp, maybe.
0: <laughs> so you were telling me, too, that your lucky number is 48? Yeah. Why? That's a weird one.
1: I don't know, maybe when I was a kid, I thought it was just random, and then so that was funny, and then it just stuck, and it's the password to open my phone. Um,
0: maybe you don't want to make this public, Joseph. By the way, do you go by Joseph or Joey? Or... I go by
1: Joey, but if I'm like publishing something, it's, Joseph. It's the biblical I think Joseph. My name, I think Joey's too annoying for...
0: It's kind of cool for, a, I think, girls named Joey. That's sort of hip and like yeah. know, edgy.
1: But for a guy, it's just... I think it's too loud for me. Like Joey, <laughs> I'm not Italian at <laughs> yeah. all either. I
0: am, but I do I seem Italian to you?
1: Not on the po- not when I listen to your podcast, but in, in person, yeah, a little bit.
0: I'm a little bit Italian. Mm. I mean, my last name is Sicilian, <laughs> yeah. so there's nothing I can do about it.
1: Your hands are slightly darker than my hands. Really? I don't know. Actually,
0: I'm pretty pale. <laughs> we're
1: reaching out to <laughs> compare hand colors.
0: Joe and I are holding hands right now. Yes. Our uh, fingers are intertwined. Um, condolences on your grandmother, like you're out here in
1: California. That's why I'm here. I didn't, I don't, I didn't fly out here to do the podcast. No offense.
0: No, it's okay. That's all. It's a big trip.
1: Yeah. I've never been to a funeral or anything like that before.
0: In your whole life?
1: In my whole 24 years of life. Oh my God. A bunch of people just... Turned off the podcast when they heard <laughs> I was twenty. They were like, I have nothing to learn from this person.
0: <laughs> no, see, this is what I, I actually think. There's a lot to learn from people who are uh, younger and like starting out, have a lot of that energy that you have in your 20s, have maybe some new ideas about how it should be done. Maybe you're not as jaded as some people might be who have been in the trenches for a long time or who have, I don't know, like a accrued too many wounds or something, and yeah. it become bitter, and, I, I, you know, I don't know who that would be. <laughs> it's, that's certainly it's not, not me. That's <laughs> not you. Um, but anyway, you, uh, you know, I, we're, are out here um, to mourn the passing of your grandma. I'm really sorry about that. We were kind of texting back and forth about it. This being your first funeral, uh, like, how did it go? Like, how did it hit you?
1: Well, it was good. I mean, it was good. I read something at her memorial yesterday and i just tried to be funny um and she was a pretty spirited like tell us about yeah she was just a crazy i always called her my crazy jewish grandma um and i called her Ema, which means mother in hebrew because she didn't want to be called bubby um yeah she just cussed a lot she like wanted me to get laid she (laughs) she once smoked on an airplane in the bathroom and set off the alarm like after
0: it was illegal to yeah, smoke. Yeah, after it was illegal. You know I'm old enough to remember when it was legal to smoke on airplanes. Really? Like when I when went, was When was it when I, did they stop? I think the eighties. So when I was a little I, I distinctly remember as a wee one, like I'm, like the first flights I took, this, there would be a smoking section that we did not sit in because neither of my parents were smokers, but you know, when you're on an airplane, the, the whole thing is a smoking section. You can't get away from it.
1: Yeah. So I was I mean, I just flew over here and well, I was thinking about you because people were coughing, like everyone was coughing, uh. and I was like getting really mad. I just really wanted to get off the plane. Um, you don't like, but you, you can't really like tell people not to cough. Are you? Are you? You're a hypochondriac. I am a hypochondriac.
0: For like for real, diagnosed or just like one of those people who like doesn't like germs.
1: I'm. I'm. I think I'm okay with germs. I just convince myself that I have cancer a lot, and yeah. like I've already, I pick something. It's like each week, every few few weeks, I pick something that I've decided I have. Like lately, it's been like I might have throat cancer <laughs> because like my throat's a little like sometimes sore and then there's maybe a lump. Yeah. There, there's exactly. not, then, but... then
0: you're like, are they, are they matching? Do I have matching lumps? Yeah. Then it's okay. Oh, the lymph the... nodes. Yeah.
1: Like... I think about lymph nodes. I think more than. The oh, average person.
0: You have yeah. some in your thighs too, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah,
1: thighs. <laughs> Brad's now feeling, checking my limp.
0: <laughs> His limbs feel fantastic, yeah. ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, and then like a few weeks ago, I thought, I convinced myself I had like genital warts or like some sort of STD. Uh huh. So I went and got STD tested. How's that? How's that? It, I don't have anything. Okay. Congrats. Yeah, I know. It feels good.
0: You passed with flying colors. I did. And you know what? Like well, You weren't like symptomatic in some sort of crazy way. I
1: had like a dot on, we're going to get really yeah, graphic here, okay. but I had like a dot on like the the, <laughs> the tip of my penis and I I was like... Well, what is a dot? I don't know. It was like a red...
0: <laughs> Just a discoloration.
1: Like a, yeah, like a little, it wasn't like a big wart or anything, but I, I'd never seen anything like it before. Okay. I'm not going to show it to was you it, right Was now. it raised? maybe a tiny bit so i was like what is that yeah. i haven't been tested in a while
0: uh-huh are you just like a super sexually active are you like is it possible because like for it's me, possible
1: i'm more sexually active than i ever thought i would be i think it's like you're the, but you're now i have a girlfriend of
0: independent literature oh right yeah so now you're going steady
1: yeah yeah not, i'm going steady <laughs>
0: not to age myself uh like you know in an extreme manner
1: she's a swell girl <laughs> Is she sweet on you? Is that she's it? sweet on me? And I, when we walk down the street, I walk on the outside of her. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's awesome. So you were raised in California, mm-hmm.
1: but were you born in Kansas City? Yeah, I was born in Kansas City. And your
0: dad, who I just met, um, also named Joe, mm-hmm. is uh, got kind of a twang. Does he? A little bit. Yeah, he does. I he, think. but he's from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. Born and raised, yeah. So he's got that in, because I had, my two roommates in college were from Kansas, and I always say that the craziest people I've ever met, in a good way, are from Kansas and Kentucky.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, I don't know, they just have an extra gear or something. Is your dad like that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's just something about him that people like, I think. He just has a good energy. Yeah. I don't know if he felt like he did. he's a nice guy. He's
0: a nice guy. He's fun.
1: Yeah, and he's a teacher. Uh-huh. And he was like the guy, the teacher that all the kids liked, Mr. Right. G. And I went to the high school where he taught. Um, w- were you a student? No. I-, I didn't want to be. And he didn't want me to be. You need a little name. separation. Yeah. But kids would ask me, like, does your dad smoke weed? Like, cause he's, cause, because they thought he was cool, they thought he must. Smoke
0: weed. Plus, when you're at that age and you're smoking weed, you, like you project it onto everybody mm-hmm. else. Like, if someone's
1: nice, they're like, oh, maybe they're. Or if they're
0: funny, it's like, oh, this guy on Sports Center.
1: is yes. definitely.
0: You know, I remember he's doing baked. it. Yeah, yeah, he's baked. But um I could not be a teacher. I know that. Like, it's like I, I
1: think it's take being. You a... were a teacher, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I say that I, I taught for five years in college. But I'm talking about younger kids. Like, I go to my daughter's elementary school. Like as as a the prime example. And I look at the teachers and the administrators and the people who deal with that every day. And I'm like, I don't know what you're made of, but it's strong stuff, especially like, you know, five-year-olds yeah, in mass, lots of them, just lots of energy. And I think you have to have a patience that I don't have. So your dad, I mean, is your dad a patient guy? Maybe it's different at high school.
1: I think he's definitely a patient guy because he teaches sophomores. And I think they're the most annoying once i don't want to get him fired but
0: 14 or 15
1: yeah 15 16 i think Uh uh-huh yeah
0: okay so you're you're born in kansas and then when did you move to california
1: uh when i was two years old yeah
0: okay so you you basically are a california kid
1: yeah i just like to say kansas city because
0: it's more exotic
1: it's more exotic it's (laughs) something else yeah Yeah,
0: it's realer Mm -hmm. so where were you raised in california
1: just outside of san francisco a town called dublin I never.
0: Why have I never heard of this?
1: It seems like no one's heard of it. Is it yeah. near Concord? That's where I went to high school, Concord. I the lived football in, I lived
0: in Concord uh, when I was two and three years old. My family. It's
1: pretty unremarkable.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have, like, my one memory of it is the first memory of my life, which was a memory of a nightmare. And my mom, I have, like, a vague image of my mom like feeding me like a sandwich, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in our kitchen at like 2 in the morning. Cause is I, that a dream? No, because yeah. I woke up crying. The dream was about the Incredible Hulk. That's the first thing I remember. And Something. Then, no, and then I was going to say, and then the other memory I have from uh, Concord is I have vague memory of being friends with these uh, like blonde-haired twin girls. And I have a vague memory of being in their garage, and there was like a bag of dry dog food. And I remember reaching in and then eating some dog food.
1: Did you eat? You ate the dog food. I ate the dog food. Hmm. There was something weird. I was talking to my dad yesterday, and I was I was telling him that remember when you woke me up in the middle of the night and we ate, we went in the kitchen and ate cornbread and ice cream. And he said we, that we never did that. We you just always thought we did that, and. My mom said the same thing. She said, yeah, you guys never did that. You just always thought that you did.
0: That's uh, well, memory is so unreliable. Yeah. Cause like I tell people, I tell myself, it's like this part, it's like you build these narratives about yourself. The first memory I had was this nightmare. I've always gone back to that. I think it's true. Mm-hmm. Or am I just telling myself that? Like, I, you know, like, did I just make that shit up? It's possible.
1: I still think that I ate cornbread. You might. Your memory by
0: midnight. They could be wrong. I know. Uh, Okay. So what kind of kid were you?
1: I think I was just a nice kid. I think my sister is two, two and a half years older than me, and she kind of, she did all the bad stuff, and I just, yeah. That's not the answer you want to hear.
0: You were the good kid.
1: I was the good kid, but then that's kind of also a hard role to play.
0: Right, because then if you fuck up, it's like, well, what happened to you?
1: Yeah, or then, yeah and then sometimes you kind of want to fuck up because, I don't know, it gets boring.
0: Did you get good grades?
1: I got good grades, yeah. Pretty...
0: Straight A student?
1: No, I mean like A's and B's.
0: So did your dad teach at Concord High School or what high school? No,
1: it's uh, De La Salle High School. They made a movie about the oh, high right, school. the football. A Christian movie about it, yeah. Right,
0: they have like the greatest football team in the country. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's where I went. Did you play? What do you, do you think I played football? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't play football. I didn't play any sports there. At all. Yeah, so, yeah, it was just weird. Like, you kind of had to play sports there.
0: I went to a high school like that.
1: Did you, you played?
0: I played JV tennis. Okay. And then I got cut from the soccer team, and then I kicked for the football team my senior year and was, like, really mediocre. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the coach only let me do it because I was a senior and he just like felt bad. Like what, if I, if I pull this guy, yeah, he's got nothing to do. Like I didn't do anything at practice except I for like didn't
1: do anything in high school. Yeah. I did the, uh, I did the high school announcements with my friend.
0: I did a little bit of that too.
1: I, I ran that show. Okay. Um, that's my one thing that I did in high school.
0: Like what would you say?
1: I would just say weird stuff and play weird videos and Yeah.
0: So you were entertaining.
1: Yeah let's let's go with that.
0: Did you have like so? But you were not picked on. You weren't.
1: No, there. I wasn't picked on it. And I feel like everyone says this, but I was friends with uh-huh. football players uh-huh. and friends with <laughs> yeah. friends with soccer players. Socially and, versatile. Yeah, everyone thinks they are, but.
0: See, I think I can see you being uh, just kind of like universally liked. I think I had a little bit of that, but I'm sort of ashamed of how I was in some respects as a high school student and in, like as an adolescent, choices I made.
1: Did you say, like, did you pick on people?
0: No, but I was just sort of a dick to some girls, and I sort of hung out with some guys that like were, especially when we were seniors, there was like this weird entitlement, like Midwestern fratty dickishness that like I got caught up in.
1: How were you a dick to girls?
0: It was just like... It, like we, when you were a senior it was sort of expected that like the young like the younger girls would like be into you. And like yeah. I assumed too much of that. I, I the truth is that I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing.
1: Yeah. I didn't De La Salle's an all guys school. Huh. And there's an all girls school across the street. Huh. And like you take classes with each other, but I didn't I didn't hang out with any girls from that school. Ever. That's actually kinda of, like not really. I hung out with the Dublin High Girls back home. 20 minutes away. So
0: you did hang out with some girls in high school.
1: Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Okay. I think it's almost better to separate the genders in high school. Like there's, I mean, there's a part of me as a parent who sort of wants my daughter to go to an all girls high school just to like remove that element. Yeah. Shield her. But I, you know, you also learn a lot, I guess I, I am torn and maybe I could pose this as a question to you. Like there are, I am capable of feeling Deep humiliation and regret about things that I did so long ago. Like, I can just sit around beating myself up for, like, stupid shit I did in junior high. I gotta let it go, right?
1: Yeah, you do. I'm trying to think of things I regret right now about that time.
0: You seem like you haven't made too many huge catastrophic errors in your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still young. I feel like I'm, It's a lot of bad stuff is coming. You think so? Yeah, because it's been fine this so is your far. time. This
0: is your time to shine.
1: Yeah, like I'm going to pick up like a bad habit or something. It could happen. And I, I'll tell um, you
0: too, you're lucky. Like I think about, like you're what, 24, 25? 24, yeah. Now I'm going to be 25 in December. Yeah. Uh, by the time I was your age, I had been witness to a lot of catastrophe. Like tragic death. Multiple. I was talking to a friend of mine recently she was like yeah nothing really bad has happened and i started to like just enumerate or not enumerate but just talk and i just kept going and she was like whoa and i was like i'm not even like a quarter of the way done yet yeah but yet like i don't it wasn't like it didn't happen to me it happened to people i knew it it affected me deeply but do you see what i'm saying yeah it was like all around me these bombs are going off but
1: it's kind of scary though when not that much bad stuff has happened to you like I think about that a lot. Law of like averages. I'm fucked when, um, like my parents die or whatever, or maybe I'll die before them. I don't know.
0: You don't know. It's like life is really unpredictable. Things can go sideways at any moment for any of us. And yeah. it's scary, but I think it's like, I don't know, just count your blessings. It's nice that you've had kind of a smooth ride. Just enjoy it. It's not yeah. going to last. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know, it's
0: not. And then, the, you know, you can go through phases, too, where, like, lots of stuff happens, and then you'll have, like, a decade where it's sort of light, and then it'll be, like, boom, boom, boom.
1: It's weird that I'm say- saying, like, nothing bad has happened to me because, um, like, when I was in New York, things felt very... I was living in New York for a year, and things felt very, like, apocalyptic. Like, I thought... Like I was suicidal and like I was heartbroken and it felt like nothing could get better. And I know that's like an early 20s thing. It is. In
0: New York too, I think. I think when you're young and you're in New York, or maybe even if you're any age in New York, but you're living there, uh, like a buddy of mine uh, lives in Brooklyn. He was out here and then he moved there, you know, several years ago. And he's like, the highs are really high and the lows are really low.
1: Yeah, it's true. Can I take a sip of this beer? Yeah, please. I'll, I'll lean back. So, yeah. I want to see me gulp.
0: <laughs> so uh, you're a pretty beloved kid who does the announcements in high school. You're this is kind of writing. You're writing stuff. It's like you know you're scripting these announcements. So it's sort of a creative writing
1: project. Mm-hmm. I would just try and finish my homework early, and so I could like read books when I got home. And
0: you were always a reader.
1: I was always a reader, yeah.
0: Were your parents that way? I mean, I guess your dad's a teacher, so he's Yeah, probably... they
1: both read a lot, yeah.
0: What does your dad teach?
1: Uh, he teach. You're going to love this. He teaches uh, like Catholicism and world religions. Oh, cool. Um, and, yeah, he used to teach English, but...
0: Are you... Were you raised with religion?
1: I was raised Catholic, yeah. Were you? I think you? I have a cross in my pocket right now. Do you? Yeah, but it's become like... Because I don't define myself as catholic anymore right but this cross i got it on a on like a service trip that i did where i like worked in some fields with people and yeah it's be, it's kind of fucked up but it's become like a little like good luck charm like, Hell, i'm all about it's like that. my blankie yeah that I carry around i've got like a
0: boot up there and a little shiva that victoria patterson just brought me she gave me that candle too. like anytime people like if somebody gives me something like that, like if somebody gave me a cross, I would keep it as a talisman. And then, uh, I went to my uncle's funeral. I think I was talking about this outside with your folks or your sister down in New Orleans. And like at the funeral, they sort of hand out like this, uh, little card. It's like a picture of him, mm-hmm. the years that he was alive. And then on the back, there's like a prayer and then I'm holding it. And I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I can't throw this away. So it's just been in my wallet ever since. And then I have another flyer from a funeral. A friend of mine's dad passed away. I was kind of close to him. And uh, it's been under the visor of my driver's side in my car for like seven years. (laughs) Because I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't toss it.
1: I have like an I love you note from uh, the girl who broke my heart. Um, in New York, in my wa- yeah, in New York, in my wallet right now.
0: Well, you, like you know,
1: and I, I saw it the other day, and I was like, oh, I, uh, it feels weird to throw it away. Right, I probably should though. There's, that one you got to get rid of. Yeah, right I gotta up. throw that. Shouldn't have even. Yeah,
0: that one's gotta go. I understand sentimentality um, around people that you've been close to, whether it's a family member or a friend's dad or an ex girlfriend or an ex boyfriend. You know, life is short. There's only such a small handful of people. That you come into close contact with and really get to know or who really, uh, invade your soul. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right <laughs> turn of phrase, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think there's something to those things. I think those should be honored is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you need to hold on in a way that's unhealthy, but I'm like, to me, it's like an honoring. Yeah. You're there with me. on Yeah, that?
1: my sister just gave me my one of my grandma's watches. I'm like, I'm probably gonna put that in my pocket and walk around with it. Sure. Yeah.
0: You can't. Is it too feminine to be worn? Like you think?
1: I don't think it can fit around. Uh-huh. My grandma was a little tiny little lady.
0: So you were raised Catholic, but you've all you've also she's Jewish.
1: Yeah, my mom was Jewish. I guess she still is, but she converted to Catholicism. So you got both. She married my. I know. I get. I get all the guilt. I yeah. feel.
0: I feel a kinship. With Jewish people, I've talked about this, temperamentally, um, like worldviewy. I don't know. There's something that I find like a very easy uh, rapport with, usually, and uh, maybe that's why I like you. There's that you've got both. You embody. I'm glad both.
1: you like me. <laughs> I was I was worried about that. Um, Were you really? I don't know. I mean, we've I've talked to you for a long time right. on the internet. Yeah, like since i was i don't know i think i was like 19 i wrote you a letter when i was in college where did you go to college bennington college for right. undergrad for undergrad not yeah not, not, the, the, MFA. not
0: the mfa program no,
1: i don't have an mfa no. okay
0: because like forgive me if i don't remember not that i get like a million letters but i do have like a lot of email accounts and like i hear from people and if i you know i'm i don't know somebody so they email me and then they email me again and then over time it starts to register and i'm like oh, okay yeah But at some point it clicked and I started to realize like, okay, this is Joe and this is his dad. Mm -hmm. You piece it together on Twitter. That's like kind of how it goes. And then you start to read somebody's work online. But the history of our interaction is that you wrote to me when you were 19.
1: I was like a sophomore at Bennington. Yeah. And you read the letter on the air. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay.
0: What episode? Do you remember?
1: Yeah. The Leslie Jameson episode. Okay. So you can go back and hear my, my letter.
0: When you were 19.
1: I think I was 19, yeah.
0: So you were 19, you were studying, like, creative writing or English? or. Yeah,
1: it's a hippie school where you create your own major. Oh. So.
0: Okay, so you did that, and you were listening to the show mm-hmm. regularly? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Did you start in college?
1: Yeah, yeah. I started in college. I would wake up and make coffee and listen to the show, and, yeah.
0: Who, how did you find it? I'm just curious.
1: Because I was into Jeff Jackson, his books, and
0: Mira corpora.
1: Yeah. That was the one I liked. And yeah. I was like, I wonder if this guy's ever been interviewed. And that was the first one.
0: Yeah. That was it. The rest that was of, it? Now here you are. And
1: I think <laughs> I've heard all of them now. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, so you wrote to me. I can't remember what you said. What did you say?
1: I was telling you to cheer up because you, in the previous episode, you were like, I don't know if this is worth anything. And <laughs> I feel like you go through that every, every, once every a year. six maybe. hours. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a weird, you know, you know, it's a weird thing to do in a way.
1: Yeah, it even feels a little weird right now. Does it? Yeah, but it's it's okay. It's because be you've okay. listened to it so much. Yeah, so I'm trying not to like put on a, I don't know. You
0: want to be authentic. I
1: want to be me. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like you're being you?
1: I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you are. All right. Cool. All right. And it's yeah.
0: Do you think that uh, as somebody who listens regularly and has like I guess going back a ways, have I? Do you feel like I've gotten more confident? Like in the show? <laughs> Or do I continue to doubt it?
1: <laughs> I think yeah, you maybe you get confident and then maybe you doubt it yeah. every once in a while. Like yeah. cyclically. But you're getting bigger guests now. Right. So it feels weirder that I'm here now because like Amber Tamblin was here. Yeah. But you know what? Was she here? She sat here? She sat right oh, there.
0: Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of people. The traveling sat. traveling pants. A lot of people who've sat in that chair. Uh but I feel like it's more interesting for me to talk to people who are at all stages of life and career. It would be boring if I only talked to people who were quote unquote, like accomplished or had made it or, yeah,
1: that's what I liked about the show when I was getting into it. Yeah.
0: And also, you know, the work that you're doing is really good. It's just, you're just starting out. What's the difference between somebody who's doing really good work and they've, you know, been in a bunch of movies and you know what I'm saying? Or have published a bunch of books already. Who cares? And plus it's just an interesting perspective. And, uh, there's something to, I, I think there's a part of me that has like, a unshakable faith in the wisdom of youth. And I'm like more mistrustful of my own vision in some respects, the farther I get away from it, just because you get clouded up with all the demands that adulthood brings upon you, parenthood, mortgage, work blah 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 you know what i'm saying it comes yeah, in, and it comes i still in. don't know
1: what mortgage means
0: right so i mean you know there's time for all of it but i'm just saying that like there's something uh i don't know sort of optimistic and idealistic about youth and then there's all that energy and you're so invested in culture at that age like you have the time and the energy to really like at least i did
1: yeah definitely
0: so anyway uh you go to bennington that's like the opposite side of the country why'd you wind up there
1: I went. I did a freshman year at Seattle University, and I really didn't want to do like a core curriculum after that first year. I didn't want to have to take math again because uh-huh. um, I felt like I'd already done that in high school. Like I know I'm not gonna. I don't. I know I don't care about math. So I was trying to figure out where I should go, where I should transfer, and I was looking at the books in my room, and uh, there was Brad Easton Ellis' like, Rules of Attraction and. Uh-huh. Like Donna Tart, The Secret History. I was just like, okay, they went there. I'll just go there. Those
0: yeah. are two of your favorites. N-
1: they're not not really Donna Tart, but Bredesen Ellis in high school was was big for me.
0: Yeah. yeah, I like both of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like The Secret History. That's, that's, a that's really all good. I've read by her.
0: I yeah. read uh, I read the the one that won the Pulitzer or whatever. The Goldfinch. The Goldfinch. Yeah. I got all the way through it. I liked it.
1: I mean, The Secret History captures Bennington. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. She went to Bennington. That book's like a... Because I read it years and years yeah, ago. It's, it's like a murder like, mystery. Mm-hmm.
1: Out of college. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So you just picked it and said, I'm going to go there.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, you get to create your own major. I can just write. Like, that's all I want to do. I'll just go there.
0: And that's yeah. how it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And didn't, didn't you tell me that, like, you wrote your... Didn't you have to write, like, a thesis yeah, paper? Yeah. It's
1: called a plan there. And you... It's like you write your major. You You tell them what you're going to do. Yeah.
0: But didn't you, like, say something about the podcast? Yeah, I
1: put it in the first paragraph. (laughs) I got the title of my plan because it has to have a title from something.
0: Does this, like, live on a shelf in Bennington
1: somewhere now? Somewhere, yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. But that's cool. You got to just invent your own thing. You wrote for four years.
1: Yeah, and I painted and took a banjo class. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Got a degree.
1: Yeah, I know, but you know I'm, like, struggling to find a job right now.
0: Hey, you know, it's hard. And I, uh, I could talk on and on about this, but I was reading something yesterday about how it is in Germany. It's like on Twitter, but somebody was like uh, tweeting about how like you can just get like at will employment. Somebody can hire you and fire you at will. One day they can just walk in and be like, you're done. Your health insurance is gone. You're in Germany. No, in America. Oh yeah. Your income is gone. And some somebody living in Germany was like, or a German national was like, I don't know how you can live like that. Like in Germany, if your boss like is even thinking about firing you, they have to give you notice that they're thinking about it six months in advance. Whoa. Or do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they have to give you like a six month ramp. You got to say, look, it's not, it's you know, we're going to fire you. It won't go into effect for six months. That way, you can try to be looking while you're you know you're winding things down. That seems like a saner way to do it.
1: It does, yeah. But I feel. I feel embarrassed now, where I, because I'm in North Carolina now. I don't know. I just feel like I, like having a the degree that I have means nothing. Like right. I'm filling out CVS pharmacy applications and.
0: Well, we're gonna get there. <laughs> I want to get to North Carolina, but I want to get to New York first. Yeah. You graduated Bennington. Yep. With distinction, like did you have any on?
1: <laughs> I did. I got to do. I got to. St- spend a week at the mfa thing i got some fellowship oh cool so i got to hang out with the mfa people
0: yeah and did you meet some people
1: well i knew chelsea hodson from uh we met in new york when i was doing an internship there
0: once where like where were you interning
1: where i was the bennington review the lit journal for
0: it's in new york
1: it's in it's a it's at bennington but the Poet, the editor, lives in New York, so during uh the field work term is what it's called, the few months we take to do the internship, we were all we were all in New York. Yeah. Where do you stay? You have to figure that out on your own. Every oh. year you have to do this. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you meet Chelsea Hodson?
1: She knew my she knew me from Twitter uh-huh. and she saw me at a bookstore and you're like she was like, You're Joseph, right? And like, yeah. You're Chelsea. I know you're Chelsea.
0: It's the mustache. It's like I know. This. You I have a, look. a brand. You have a brand. You have a visual it's brand. It's easy
1: to spot me. That's good. But she's she's become a good friend. So then I saw her again at the MFA, and yeah.
0: Yeah, she's really great. I feel like she. I want to say she tweeted something about her. Like she was on book tour, and she was joking about how how many people come up to her at her readings and are like, "Oh my god, like you're so nice," because she's got this like did like, She called it her ice wall. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can see how people would see her online visual presentation and be like, my God, like she's intimidating. Yeah, She's a sweetheart.
1: She is. She was kind of like, I would, she might disagree with this, but I would, I used to call her like my, my East coast, big, big sister. Yeah. That might be pushing it a little bit, <laughs> but I, but well, you know, cause you don't, know, I, I didn't see her that often, right. but we would like meet up and go to a reading or something or, She would check in on me every once in a while. That's nice. She's going to hear this and be like, whoa, I didn't realize you thought of me.
0: I consider her my mommy. I don't know. Is that weird? No, I think that's perfectly (laughs) normal. Um, Okay, so you go to New York after you graduate, and you're going to like what? Do you have a plan? Like I'm going to work in a bookstore, or I'm going to get a job in publishing, or I want to be proximal to where books happen.
1: All I wanted to do... I graduated, I lived on an island at the end of Long Island for a few months. Um, What island is that? Shelter Island. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's like the Leonardo
1: DiCaprio. No, that's Shutter Island. Oh, Shutter But But everyone everyone (laughs) says that. So I was like, I'll live on, my friend had a house, his family had a house there. They're like, you guys can live in the house. So I was like, okay, I'll live on the island, I'll get a job. There weren't many jobs. I got a job in a kitchen, and I have no kitchen experience, and they were like, chop these chop this, these vegetables, like cut up. I don't know. I quit the job after two days, ran out of money on the island. So then I had to, I kind of just fell into New York with like the last bit of money that I had. Um, And I got a job at a bookstore. Which bookstore? McNally Jackson. Oh, cool. Um, And that was all I wanted to do. Like I just wanted to work at a bookstore. And then you, then when I was actually there, I was like, oh yeah, okay, now this This is my life, and it's just become, like, my job, and now I complain about it. Yeah, now, like,
0: the romance is gone.
1: Yeah, now (laughs) I'm just, like, it's another thing that I complain about.
0: Yeah, Were you getting any writing done?
1: Uh, not, not too much. Were
0: you living in the city?
1: I was living in, uh, Ridgewood, yeah. What's that? It's Queens, technically. Okay. It's kind of like Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like
0: the new Brooklyn. It is, yeah. Is that what's happening now? I think so. So It's moved out to Queens. It's going to
1: be ruined, yeah.
0: Oh, it's expensive to by there.
1: people who look like me
0: just hipsters taking over yeah
1: because
0: <laughs> are there a lot of people who look like you in like queens and brooklyn it's like is this like a look
1: i think so i don't know maybe not
0: i mean you would know you live there were you walking around like oh there's another one
1: i don't i don't know i just feel like these big glasses and some sort of facial hair something that like that shouts like you got good hair Thank you. To be thankful you have it. It's thick and curly. Yeah.
0: Your dad's got good hair still.
1: Ashley puts some sort of... uh, Product? Lotion thing into it to make it curly.
0: Oh, really? What is it?
1: Yeah. It's Lush. It's from Lush. Okay. Have you heard of that? No, but
0: I got to get some. All All
1: of their soap looks like food. Like, you can eat it. It looks like hummus. What? Yeah.
0: It's called Lush? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Where do you get this? In a mall. All right. Yeah. I don't know if I could get my hair curly. It gets a little curly in the front if I grow it out, but, like, I don't know. My hair doesn't do what your hair does. You got good hair. I,
1: I can't... You had long hair, didn't you?
0: And I went, like, for a minute in college yeah. until, like, I looked at myself in the mirror for, like, 30 seconds.
1: I'm so I'm kind of self-conscious about it sometimes. Looks good. Thank you.
0: Keep it. I mean, you know, like, just be grateful that you have hair. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I mean, people your age usually have it, but it can go.
1: People tell me that I look like Mark Marin. Kind of do but he's like 54 (laughs) 24 (laughs) like oh shit
0: he talks a lot faster than you do he does yeah he
1: talks a lot yeah
0: i can see like the resemblance but it's not like a dead ringer and like you have different energy than he does you know it's just like kind of a resemblance but i don't know who else it would be something like waldo (laughs) where's waldo yeah i feel like you could pull that off for halloween
1: but he didn't have a mustache. McNally Jackson made me dress up as Waldo on Halloween. Did they? Yeah. Well, see? I mean, they made everyone in the store... Dress up as wear Waldo? Wear some Waldo thing, yeah. Oh.
0: I thought it was, like, just you.
1: It's a good bookstore, too. I didn't mean to... I don't... I would complain about working anyway, anywhere, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you go there, you work in a bookstore, you're dating somebody, she breaks your heart.
1: She went back... She was at Bennington. Oh. And she went back to school. She was a year younger than me.
0: And it was just like, we can't continue this long-distance...
1: She didn't want to, yeah. yeah. She was like my, one of my best friends there too for the whole 4 years and then it got romantic near the end.
0: Uh-huh. She's she, a writer?
1: No. She wouldn't let me call her my girlfriend either. Okay. She would I had to call her like my honey. What? She just didn't want the label of my girlfriend.
0: Okay. That's a little strange, right? <laughs> it made me feel bad about myself. I feel old-fashioned. Like, am I, is this some new development that I'm not aware of? I
1: hope not. Yeah. Okay. That's why I feel I feel weird now saying that I have a girlfriend. Like, I feel like it's something that I'm not allowed to have.
0: It's something when you, when you haven't been dating somebody, and then suddenly you are, and then it's like a real relationship. Uh, there is an adjustment. It's like, okay, I guess you're my girlfriend. Yeah, and I can't... I, re- I remember going through that.
1: Yeah. I'm going through that now, but I feel like that's something people go through when they're like 16. Does Ashley call you her boyfriend? Yeah, she was the one who said, like, are you... So you're my boyfriend now. I was like, yeah, okay. so are you my girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> you're my girlfriend, that's right? That's adorable. Yeah. That's I'm going to marry Ashley and have children with her. You think so? I don't know. I just told her that I was going to say that so that <laughs> now if something happens it's
0: right. Yeah. Well, that's good that it's going well.
1: Yeah. Right. And she met my whole family. That's a big step. She came to a memorial. That's a big step. Yeah. You know? And we've been we've been dating for like a month. <laughs> it's kind of fucked <laughs> hey, up it's that I'm...
0: baptism by fire. Yeah.
1: You got to you got to bring them along, but uh you
0: hit a low point emotionally. You alluded to it earlier. Like It was it was a confluence of things. It was like you're, you're, you you finished college. And by the way, that's a tough time. Yeah. It sucks because you have all this structure and social structure. Uh, when you're in college, you sort of know what you're supposed to be doing. You know where you're supposed to go. There's all these people your age. There's fun to be had. And then all of a sudden it ends. And I remember feeling this real strong sense of dislocation.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: And so then you're in New York and then this like relationship goes sideways and you're working in a bookstore and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And then you got depressed?
1: Definitely depressed. Yeah.
0: Like clinically, like, did you get help or did you I've just... never
1: gotten any kind of help. And mm-hmm. when I tell my East Coast friends, they're really surprised. Why did Cause they? Because they grew up like going to therapists and stuff.
0: Well, which by the way is a big luxury.
1: I know. And I think it's an East Coast thing.
0: I don't know. Get, go go to your uh, analyst. Yeah. I didn't do it. I've never, I've been to one, I've been to one therapist one time.
1: I feel like I wouldn't be good at it either.
0: I think it's all about the therapist. If you, if you found the right person, like with whom you have, like, will will you be my, (laughs) but you do, you do need a sort a certain, uh, conversational and for lack of a better word, spiritual rapport with somebody who's going to try to help you in that way. And I think too, for somebody who is, uh, like, I think writerly people, But I think a lot of different kinds of people who are uh, well-educated and um, I think uh, strong in uh, the languages or like writerly and have like a pretty good grasp of their um, interior self and an ability to language all that stuff. If you have a therapist who isn't really challenging you, you can sort of talk your way. Through and around therapy in a manner that's ultimately not going to be helpful. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I
1: think I would be good at that.
0: You need somebody who could just be like bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. or or like just like see who could see through it and could show you yourself somehow, you know. You yeah, need... if
1: you think I'm bullshitting you, just call me on it, okay?
0: Right. You need okay. like it's like the the Robin Williams uh, Goodwill Hunting yeah.
1: moment. It's not your fault.
0: Or, but or that, but also remember when he's like, "You haven't been anywhere." Yeah. You know, you've never been to the Sistine Chapel.
1: Remember that? Does he say that?
0: <laughs> He's like, you could tell me all about Leonardo da Vinci, but you've never looked at that fresco. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the moment where he like calls him on his shit. Um, so you didn't get help, but you pulled yourself out. You just had to get out of New York, basically.
1: That's what I thought. Uh, I just wrote a bunch of poetry.
0: Sad ass.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or, or was it, like, the
0: opposite, to try to, like, cheer yourself up? No,
1: it was mostly sad. Um, but it helped me put a book together, and then, yeah. I'd never written poetry before. Never taken a poetry class. Um, Were you reading it? Yeah, I started reading it when I got out of college. Um, Who? Uh, James Tate, Michael Earl Craig, yeah. Um, I,
0: like, I love Michael Earl Craig. Sorry, I just bungled his name, but I was uh, no, having a moment of indigestion.
1: Yeah. Um, just people who write, like, it's just simple. You can understand it. There's not, I don't know. I want to talk to you about this because your your work has that clarity to it. Uh,
0: and it's not, it doesn't feel like it's putting on any airs. You're not trying to um, showcase your intellect in a way that feels really, uh, like overt. Sometimes I can feel that, you know, it's like, look at how fucking smart I am. And sometimes I can be sort of nice, certain kind of writer, but, um, this isn't, uh, by the way, to diminish, uh, your intelligence, but rather just to say that like, there's an unpretentiousness to the way that you write and a clarity and a simplicity to the way that you write that sort of fools the reader into thinking that it's easy. Uh, I think it's really great. And I think that people respond to it, um, precisely because of that. And they can really feel you in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not much... Like, I feel like it's you talking to Mm me.
1: That's good. That's what I'm going for. Is that? Okay. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah.
0: And do you... Like, how fast do you work? Like, how much of that clarity and, um, for lack of a better word, simplicity, is just because that's the way you deliver? Or is it because you're sitting there, like, paring away and rejiggering? A
1: lot of it's, like, fast, I think. Like, sometimes for some reason I was right, I'd be hung over and like something would like a weird thought that I wouldn't have if I was feeling fine would come to me and I would write that down. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just the way I talk slow.
0: Is that how you, when you write on a typewriter?
1: Oh f- yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I do write, I write, uh, I write prose on a typewriter. Um, not at all pretentious by the way. No, it's really not it's it's it takes a lot of courage i think to do that. Just to
0: bang out just Well because some i like to, i
1: like uh i don't like writing longhand. It's like hard for me to read my own handwriting. Okay. Um I can write poems longhand and then cuz they're shorter but i don't like writing prose longhand but i need something i can't do it on the computer. Like i can't start it on the computer or else i'll just highlight the whole thing and delete it. Yeah. So if I do it on the typewriter then I have to transfer it to the computer at some point.
0: But it's also yeah, but it keeps you from like obsessively editing yourself while you're in process. Yeah. Slows you down.
1: And then you can rewrite it on the typewriter like three or four times and you end up changing things no matter what.
0: Like do you use like the you know how typewriters, certain typewriters, you can use like the white stuff to write over it? Or I don't do you...
1: use that. Any... So if I fuck up, sometimes I'll be like, okay, you got to start over and type the whole thing again. Like the yeah.
0: next line. You just hit return and start over again.
1: No, I'll like take the page out. Oh. Waste a bunch of paper.
0: Do you ever go like bring the typewriter to the coffee shop? And I just... would never do
1: that. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I do this. But but
0: Whatever works. Yeah. I mean, I understand, like, there's one thing because you, like, you see yourself as, like, you know, operating in some great literary tradition and there's all this, like, pretense or whatever. It's another thing to just have, like, a practical reason. Like, I know that if I allow myself to be on a computer in a word processing software, I'm just going to sit there and delete everything every five seconds. Yeah. So I get that. And then writing longhand, you know, like, who does that anymore? There's just a small handful of people who even, like, know how to write cursive anymore.
1: Yeah. I don't mind writing poetry Art. longhand. Like, I would do that at McNally at work. Um, I'd write them on bookmarks and stuff. But, yeah, for the longer things, I gotta I do the typewriter. And you yeah. work fast. I work pretty fast.
0: Like, so you, you get a feeling and you just kind of, like, sit down and you you bang it out in, like, a sitting. That's kind of how it feels, a little bit. I'm sure you go back and revisit, but...
1: Yeah, or, like, get somewhere where I know, like, Okay, I'll stop here, and then I'll have to write that scene, and then...
0: I know where it's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, uh, like, an idea of what you want to do? I mean, I know you're publishing these books, and that's that's what you want to do, but do you have, like, a vision of how your career would look, or...?
1: No, I, I would like to, like, put out a full novel, if I could do that. That's yeah. coming. Yeah, because I don't think of myself as a poet, but I have a book of poems coming out. That's okay.
0: But there's something narrative about your poetry, too. I mean, I feel like there's a storytelling to it. You know, it's just shorter form. Yeah. Right? And I feel like even the column that you're doing at the Nervous Breakdown, I feel like that could build into a book.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of trying to write that as if I'm writing a book. Yeah, I envy it because
0: it's enforcing a nice discipline on you. You put one out a week.
1: Yeah, and I've never been someone who writes every day. I just would write when I want to, but now I'm writing every day when when
0: yeah i mean i guess you're unemployed in no- yeah, north so carolina so i better
1: off. be writing every day <laughs> ashley will go to work and be like you better write today yeah. and it puts some pressure on me
0: yeah that's good though yeah so what does your ritual look like do you have one or
1: hmm i make coffee while well, i take her to work so i can have the car there's one I sound. I do sound like a bum. Like I'm borrowing her car. I live in her house, eat her food. Eat her I pay for a lot of food. Yeah. Um But yeah, she's at work. I make coffee, then I shower. Um That's good. Yeah, I shower a lot. Yeah, well in I North Carolina, it's like swampy. Yeah. Um I don't know. And then if I just try and I just go upstairs and try and do it. Yeah. Get for a the, little bit.
0: Get out the, uh, what is it, the Underwood? Is that what it's
1: called? No, I have an Olivetti Lettera 22. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is it electric? No. It's old school.
1: Yeah. It's like a where turquoise... Do you, where, where do
0: you even get the ribbons and everything?
1: Uh, when I was back in California, I, I got one last one put on it. Um,
0: How long does it last?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when it runs out? Are you done? I don't know. I, I'll be okay without the typewriter. It just helps me a little bit. Okay. Like, I'm not, I don't write because...
0: You might be the first writer who has at least admitted to writing on a typewriter in the history of the show that I can Yeah, remember. I just
1: don't think there people need to make a big deal about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think just let me do it my way and I'm not like I don't put on I hope I've never done this, put on like a cardigan and no. like dress up. I don't know. What do you mean put on a cardigan? Like Like get into my writer clothes. No. Yeah. I've never seen that. Like, I write in my boxers a lot of the time. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I just thought everyone should know that. It's very sexy when I'm writing. My shirt's usually off.
0: It's fucking hot in
1: North Carolina. It is hot. We don't have air conditioning upstairs. So you
0: went from New York City. Well, you decided to leave New York. Yeah. Why?
1: The money, it was too much money. Yeah. I was making $12 an hour. Um, and then yeah, I just wanted to get away from. I don't know if she, that person and her family. Like I, I still they're really good people. She's a good person, but I just, I think I need to be away from them. I was really close with their family too. Oh right. I was going to their thanksgivings and stuff.
0: All that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um. So I, I think I had to get away from that. I lived with with Bud in Jersey City for a month. Oh, you did? Yeah.
0: Bud Smith, mm-hmm. twice a guest on this uh, show. Yep. Good
1: guy. Lived in his apartment, yeah. He's you, a good friend. And How'd you get to know him? We published, my sister and I published one of his books. Okay. Yeah. You, cause you, and tell
0: everybody who's listening who might not know, you have a small press, too. I have
1: a small press that my sister started with her friend, and then her friend couldn't do it anymore, so I jumped on and... Now I take, like, I pretend that I started it, and, but she did it. And <laughs> What's it called? It's called Disorder Press. And how yeah. many books a year do you
0: publish? What kind of stuff do you publish?
1: Maybe two or three. We're trying to slow down because we're bad with money, and we need to get more organized. Yeah. And it's kind of scary. Like It's, it's hard. Money to, stuff is Publishing scary. is hard. Yeah.
0: You want to do it well. It's better to publish, like, a, a couple of books well than publish, like, ten poorly.
1: Yeah, and that's a lot of responsibility. I don't... I don't want to let any of the, the authors down. Uh-huh. It kind of weighs on me. Sure. Um, yeah, we do like two books a year maybe. So you published Bud. We published Bud, yeah. What? What's the book that you published? Dust Bunny City. He did like drawings. His wife did drawings and then he wrote poems and stuff. Okay. See, we need to get that back in print. That's one thing <laughs> we have to do. It's sold out. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Um, so you stayed with
1: Bud. Stayed with Bud. On your, like on your way out of New York kind of thing? He said, I, I was telling him, I'm leaving. He said, why don't you just live in my apartment, don't pay rent, work one month at, work an extra month at McNally and save those paychecks. And then then I moved to West Virginia and lived yes. with Scott McClanahan and Juliet Escoria. How did you get to know them? Uh, I think Scott, Scott read my, I wrote to Scott when I was in college too. And told him like I'm doing a reading. I'm really anxious. Can you tell me what to do? And he said, just read something funny. Um, and then I guess he he wrote to me later, like when I was in New York, and was like, like said he liked what I was doing with the press and stuff. And then can't remember. I met Julie Juliet uh, Julia. Um, I don't know. I met them at re- a at reading or something, and then they joked about me coming to live with them. And then it became a real thing, and then I lived with them, <laughs> and it's like ding dong, yeah, no they they <laughs> they said i I could come live with them, yeah, yeah.
0: just crash for a while. Mm-hmm. How long were you in West Virginia in
1: Beckley, yeah, in Beckley. I was there for like two months, maybe a little less. That's a pretty good amount of time, yeah, what would you do there? Did you write? I wrote a little bit, yeah. I watched a lot of movies with Scott. He watches. He watches a lot of movies, like one a night with Scott.
0: That's good, though. Yeah. He's seen, because I feel like Scott, like, really has read everything and really has seen everything. He's got an incredible cultural vocabulary. Yeah, he does. Like, he's super fluent.
1: His garage, I probably shouldn't be telling everybody about his house, but. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't (laughs) want people to know that there's, like, bins and bins and bins of books in his house.
0: That's great. Yeah. Wait, you don't think Scott's a writer. Ladies and gentlemen, he's got lots of books.
1: No, he has like a (laughs) lot of books. Like I've never seen this many books before. Like in, in like those bins that kids put their toys in, Uh they're just like in those bins. Like
0: I just gave away another huge batch of books.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't do that.
0: You don't give them away? You but I get galleys sent to me and stuff.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't like galleys unless I really like the author. Well, um, yeah,
0: and I can't stop it. I've, like, emailed the publishers, like, please don't send unless you actually clear it with me first, but they just keep coming, and they pile up, and I have no place for them.
1: I used to get free ones at the bookstores, and, yeah. What are you going to do? You can't carry all that around. Plus, they should be
0: in circulation. I would say to Scott, I mean, if you if you love the books and you're still reading them, but if they're just sitting in a bin, go give them to the library. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Put them out into the world.
1: I'm kind of OCD about my books, though. Like, oh. I save them all. Unless <laughs> I, like, really, really fucking hate a book.
0: But, like, if I really, really love a book, I'm keeping it. But You if...
1: should give that one away, though. so Get <laughs> it into the circulation. Let it, free,
0: yeah, let it be free. Uh, so, okay. So, two months in Beckley, West Virginia. How did that hit you? Like, was it good for you? It did... was
1: really good to hang out with them, because they're good people. Um, and Scott... Yeah, he gave me good advice about stuff I was working on, Julia, too. Like what? I don't know. He would just read a story of mine and like be like, that's good, but like switch this around here. And then we started joking that um, he was going to put out a book of mine called Raking Leaves because I was raking leaves with him because he gets, gets a lot of leaves in his backyard. And then um, he has a press with his friend, Chris, and they were like, okay, let's just make it a real book. So... That's going to be a book. That's good. I'm still kind of writing it. <laughs> it started off as a joke. Yeah.
0: That's how but a lot of good things start off that way, I feel like. Where it's loose. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's creative, it's fun, you're making each other laugh or you're, you know, entertaining each other somehow and then Yeah. But
1: I got a and the cover of the book is me with my shirt off.
0: Right, cuz I remember on Twitter there were some shirtless photos of you. Circulating.
1: Yeah, because which is funny because I'm not. I don't like my body. Like I'm really uncomfortable with my body. Me too. Not
0: yours. Mine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I was like chubby for a little while when I was a kid. I think it was just normal chubby, but I for some reason I think I I held on to that, and I think I feel like I'm a lot fatter than maybe I am. Uh huh. Not that there's anything wrong with being fat. Yeah. Um. But I, I'm just not comfortable with my body. So I thought it was kind of funny to just let put it a shirt. yeah, just pretend I'm really confident. And like <laughs> here's here it is, like, here's my mediocre. But see, body. I think
0: somebody who was truly like truly had a hang-up would never do that. Yeah. Did you feel a sense of like release or like okay, like I've somehow overcome this challenge
1: now? Yeah, I f- I, f- I feel kind of good about it. But I s- someone online said like I don't know they were giving me grief about it. Like what? they thought I genuinely. Like thought I had a great body and was like showing off. <laughs> They're just jealous. I'm like look at it look at it though. It's there's nothing like defined about it.
0: But you're doing some working out. I've I think you were tweeting about like doing some or you no. Know, you wrote about it in your column for uh, TNB like the push up. Yeah, regiment. I just
1: do push ups. Um, I kind of stopped doing them in the past few. Weeks. I think what happens is I, I. uh Started to fall in love with Ashley, and I wanted my body to look good. Yeah. So I would do a lot of push-ups and sit-ups and stuff. And then when she said, like, we're together now. And you're like, okay, (laughs) my work here is done. (laughs) Yeah, which is not good.
0: (laughs) So you uh, leave West Virginia. I'm just trying to make sure we have the whole narrative.
1: I've been, yeah, these past few years I've been hopping around. That's
0: okay. That's what you're supposed to do when you're in your early 20s. Yeah. You leave West Virginia. You move back to
1: San Francisco? Yeah, I moved back in with my parents. Okay. Um, around Thanksgiving and I'm like, Oh, I'll just stay here for a few weeks. And then that ended up being five months. Yeah.
0: You worked at city lights for like a minute.
1: Yeah. Finally, I moved out of my parents' house after five months and then, uh, moved into the city
0: of San Francisco,
1: of San Francisco, um, uh, and worked at city lights for three months.
0: How was that? Was it any different than McNally?
1: It was, it was pretty similar. I mean, obviously they have like more of a history. um, Maybe they were more welcoming at first. I was really scared to work at McNally Jackson for some reason. Why? I don't know. I just it felt like big city, like fancy New York bookstore. Don't fuck it up. But yeah. I just felt like, I don't know. Um, but then by city lights, I just didn't care that much anymore. Um, I don't know. I love the people at McNally Jackson and, uh, City lights, maybe I just felt more comfortable. Maybe it was a grizzled veteran.
0: Plus, it's like your home tariff. You grew up in San Francisco. Yeah.
1: And, but, yeah, so three months there.
0: And you just, but it's like, again, you're dealing with like astronomical.
1: Like a thousand bucks a month. For. And I'm for like a room without a door. (laughs) I make 14, made 14 bucks uh, an hour. Yeah.
0: It's fucked up. So you left and you decided to move to. What Woodland, Cal- or North Woodland Carolina? Woodland, North Carolina. Yeah. Which uh, tell us tell us about that decision making process, and then tell us about Woodland.
1: Uh, well, so I saw Bud. My friend Bud was on a tour with some friends, and then uh, he went on. And then Ashley went on that tour with him, reading. She's a writer too. And what does
0: she write? Let's plug Ashley's work.
1: She doesn't have a book out, but she's a, definitely a better writer than I am. Um, she has an MFA. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Um, she read, a,
0: like, poetry, prose?
1: Both, yeah. Okay. Um, you should check out her essay on Dr. Doctor. All right. All right, there you go. There's a plug. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but then she followed me on Instagram, and I was like, who is this person? But like, what's her last name so people can oh, find this Oh, uh, Ashley Bryant Phillips. Okay. Yeah. And we, like, sort of interacted on the internet, and then... I really what does looked, that mean? Like, she liked some of my photos on Instagram. And oh. I was like, <laughs> I was like, shirtless ones. N- maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> and then, uh, who's this guy with the incredible body? And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I, I was like, wow, well, she lives in the middle of nowhere. Like, that sounds really nice. And then one night I just started talking to her. Maybe she reached out to me. I don't know. Uh, but then like a few days later, I was like, can I just come live in that house with you? And then
0: that's a bold question.
1: I think I've been doing that to people a lot lately. <laughs> Just like moving into their spaces. Are you going to ask me if you can live here? <laughs> I don't, if you offered, I would, I might take you up on it. I'm not going to ask you.
0: So you, you asked her, can I come out and live with you? And she was like, sure. Come on out. She
1: was like, okay, I need to talk to you on the phone and like tell you about this place first. Cause it's like, it's really different. Yeah. What is different about it? It's a town of 800 people. Yeah. Um, there's one restaurant in town. What's it called? Uh the Grapevine.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And it's like a Southern Baptist community. So That's an
0: intense that's an intense tribe, right?
1: Yeah. It is. And I'm a cashew, a Catholic Jew. <laughs> is that what they're called? That's what I've called it. <laughs> yeah. Um But you're not really practicing. I'm nothing. Yeah. I'm none of the I'm not an atheist, I'm just do you do anything like? Do you have any kind of spiritual? Life? I tried to. I try to meditate sometimes.
0: Is it, how does that work for you?
1: It's worked well before. Yeah. I, I really need to like work on it if I'm going to do it. Yeah.
0: But you get something from it.
1: Yeah, sometimes I. I still like pray. I still say some of the Catholic prayers. Like which like ones? Sometimes I get down on my knees in the shower, and like do the sign of the cross, and then say like a Hail Mary or a Our Father. Sure. But it doesn't mean, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. Well, i like, I don't think I'm Catholic anymore. Well, you
0: know, I was, I'm so disgusted with the, the, uh, sexual abuse scandal. Yeah. Like, and I've been disgusted for years, you know, like, uh, for that reason and for other reasons. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, really, what's the justification? Like, just be Episcopalian. That's what I was trying to tell my parents. I was like, I know you've grown up with this. I know this has been a huge part of your identity. But like, really what you're into are the teachings of Jesus. Like, you can get those in another institution that's not so corrupted.
1: That's like my dad, too. Like, he, he teaches Catholicism in, like, a social justice way, like, right. help the homeless and the less fortunate and, like... Like Catholic left. Yeah, and, like, the death penalty is not a good thing and right. that kind of... Well,
0: you know, and then the other, I mean, not that I'm any kind of expert or moral authority, but, you know, anybody can sort of look at what's happened in the Catholic church and all these crimes that have been exposed and the way that the hierarchy has responded to it. And I feel like, you know, you you can read a couple of stories and have a pretty good opinion (laughs) on how things should go. But it's like, uh, I feel like it's got to come from the bottom up. Like it's either like, it's either like bail on it and like go Episcopal or like Unitarian or whatever it is or uh like actually start to organize from the ground up to like like overthrow you know yeah. what I'm saying like or yeah. change things like in a fundamental way
1: what do you think why do you think that that happens the abuse uh well do you know I, like why there's that pattern
0: i know no i mean <laughs> I, like i don't know like there's some one answer i think that because the church has got such strong opinions on how people should conduct themselves um you know, sexually and relationally, I think it provides like a great, uh, hiding ground for people who are closeted, like men who are closeted, you know, it's a great place to hide because I'm a priest. I would never, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the perfect cover, or at least it used to be, I think the, you know, the cat sort out of the bag on that one. But I think it's also for people who, uh, are pedophiles. Um, you know, you have that moral authority. It's again, it's it's a, great cover. And people sort of inherently trust or used to trust their preacher or their, uh, priest. And, um, you know, you have access and it's a great place to, you know, they have the, like, I don't fully understand the psychology or the neurology or anything about people who are into abusing children. You know, it's like yeah, some no. sort of, it's some sort of like illness yeah. and wiring issue. That's like really fucking scary. And, uh, you know, they groom people. Like, there's a documentary that I saw years ago. God, like, what was it? Deliver Us From Evil?
1: Did you ever see this? I I know what it is, but I haven't seen it, no.
0: Oh, I think that's the name of it. But, I mean, you want to watch, like, one story of this kind of behavior that provides a window into the evil of it? Like, it's a truly... It's a good movie. Yeah. Right? But it it, like, it'll shake you. And it's so dark. And you see not only... Like just like the 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 icy cold. I'm always
1: smiling right now because like <laughs> so I don't know often. how we got here, but yeah, right. but I agree. This is what happens on my show. Yeah.
0: But like it's uh, it's like you see that evil, and then you also see like the human cost. Like the you you are talking to the parents of the child who was abusing. You know, it's just horrendous, mm-hmm. and that's just one story among thousands. So anyway, you yeah, know. it
1: makes you angry. Like, did you watch that Netflix show about the? I watched. The woman who was went missing. The yeah. at The school. The nun. Yeah. What was it called? Sister. What was the sister? Uh, the keepers. I think. The keepers. That yeah. was really good. Yeah, but it just makes you like pissed
0: off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. There's a lot of corruption, you know, and there has been. I think women need to be allowed to be priests.
1: Yeah, that's another thing that. How do you justify that now? Like that doesn't make.
0: Like the men have colossally fucked it up, and we have all the evidence we should ever need. Like you need to let women into the clergy. And give them executive authority. Uh, you screwed it up. Your turn is over. <laughs> yeah. And they also should be on equal footing. You know, the nuns should not just be like bride of Christ. Like we're here to serve. You know, that's like, they're like you know, it's a noble calling to want to be, um, to live a life of service in some sort of spiritual tradition. I'm not knocking it, but I'm skeptical of any um, organized situation where like women and men aren't on equal footing. And I should say, too, that it's not just Catholicism. There are plenty of um, these sorts of tradi- you know, traditions. the world. rabbis. Well, and but it's also, like, it's very common for, I think, women to be given short shrift mm-hmm. in the way things are organized. And, like, that needs to change. And I think it is changing, but, you know, the Catholics need to get on it. So, anyway, um, you're now living out in North Carolina among Southern Baptists. Yes. Carrying a cross around in your pocket. Yeah. Writing on your typewriter. You fell in love with a girl. Mm-hmm. She's a writer. She, like, you might have a job.
1: Uh, as I was driving to the airport, I got a call from the coffee shop in the town over. So You're hired. He said, come in and we'll talk about working here. So what I about, the, what what about the brewery? I want to work at the brewery. They haven't called me yet.
0: But they didn't she say that there was going to be... said, a- I'm
1: going to call you. When a guy, when this guy leaves, and he hasn't left yet, I guess not. No.
0: Well, that means you. Now you're a hot commodity. You're getting pursued by multiple people. We'll see. Yeah. I know. You got to knock on wood.
1: And then I'm gonna get a job and then complain about it. I think
0: <laughs> that'll be the next like phase of the column. Yeah. Got, got a, a job. Got yeah. A job. <laughs> um, but you feel like you're gonna you're settled in there for a while. I think so. Yeah. Because the last thing I want to talk to you about is, you know, you're uh, working in a literary vein, talented guy, publishing a collection of poetry, um, I think working on a novel or something.
1: Something like that, maybe. But
0: you also have, I think, a, a bit of a performative streak and a comedic streak. Like, you're a funny dude like would you ever have you ever considered like oh i would want to be a comedian or a performer or a writer on some comedy show or anything like that
1: i i've thought about that i used to write stand up comedy when i was 16 and my friend and i would go to the comedy club in the in the town what where in dublin in the suburbs yeah in pleasanton california what was the club tommy t's okay. comedy club yeah. and then he would get up and do the jokes but I would write them with him.
0: You were like the man in the shadows. Yeah. Okay. Um, you were like on the. You were like standing side stage, like mouthing the words to the judge. Yeah, just. <laughs> oh, they're laughing, or they're not
1: laughing. <laughs> right. um, I don't know. And now, like, if I do a reading, I try and make it funny. I don't know. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, and I, I try and talk to. I don't know.
0: But you would. I mean, do you have any like? Have you ever thought, sat around, and go, man, I think I want to be a comedian, or I want to try my hand in Hollywood or anything like that.
1: I don't, I don't know. I just like writing. Like I kind of want to write books if I can.
0: That's it.
1: If I can. Yeah.
0: What if you can't? Like, would you
1: just, I think I'm fucked. (laughs) I'm going to work at a coffee shop or something. That's okay. I mean, you
0: know, if you live someplace where the cost of living's uh, doable, as long as you're getting your writing work done, who gives a shit what pays the bills? Yeah.
1: I think I would write for TV and stuff if I, if I could. Um, but I think it 's a different kind of writing i don 't know if I could do it
0: I think you could do it i mean like i the reason I ask too is because I feel like you at this age, if you came out to Hollywood and like you would the thing about it is that you have to really want to do it you can 't like sort of half ass it I guess you can maybe like luck your way in like there are stories like that where it 's like I just met some dude at a co at a bar and he 's a producer and now i 'm on the show you know what i 'm saying like, that stuff can happen, but more often than not it 's people who like it's their fucking dream. Yeah. You know, I
1: wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. Um, cause you make videos
0: and stuff online. Like you're not afraid have to You le- seen videos of me online. Yeah. Like you put, you mean funny shit, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah.
0: You're not afraid to, cause like, I, you know, I don't know if I would do that be like, I'm on video now. Like, yeah.
1: You know, I just kind of like to make fun of myself. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to want to be an actor and then I got anxiety and, that change. Like, I'll go in. I'll go in a room and write. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll come around and decide that you do want to do some acting. Yeah, we'll see. Being an independent film or something.
1: Yeah, I think. I, I think I. Would, I had a college professor who would call me Mumblecore Grantham. I think I could be in a Mumblecore movie. Yeah. Right. Slow talking your way through yeah. a Mumblecore. Like, <laughs> mumbling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you've got a bright future ahead of
0: you. Uh, in whatever form it takes. Um, I think you're one of the more exciting young writers working. And um, I I don't know. I feel like I've known you for a while and it's just great to actually get a chance to meet you. Congrats on your book. I'm sorry about your grandma. Thank you. It's nice to meet your entire family. It's nice to meet Ashley. Are they, uh, I feel like they're standing outside right now behind that curtain. They're going
1: through your things, (laughs) taking things. Uh, When do you go back to Woodland? Tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. So short trip. Fly out, yeah.
0: Well, thanks for making the time to come
1: over. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: All right, there you go. That's Joseph Grantham. His debut poetry collection is called Tom Sawyer, and it is available now from Civil Coping Mechanisms. I don't believe Joseph Grantham has a website. A cursory glance at the internet reveals that he does not have an official website, but he does have a Twitter handle, it's at Mr. J Grantham, you spell the word Mr. in full, so at M-I-S-T-E-R Jay Grantham, he also has an Instagram, if you would like to look at his uh, personal photos. The collection, once again, is called Tom Sawyer. Go get it. Also, be sure to check out Disorder Press, the uh, independent press that uh, Joey runs with his sister, Mick. Thank you to Kill Rockstars and the band Stereo Total, as always, for the theme song music. Thank you to the band Cigarette Royalty for the interstitial music. The email address for this show is letters at otherppl.com. If you have something to say... You can write to me at letters at otherppl.com. If you uh, would like to support the show, patreon.com slash otherpplpod. And don't forget that the uh, Other People Podcast has its own official app. It's free. The Other People with Brad Listy app is available in your favorite uh, app store. You know what? It occurs to me that I should wish my mother a happy 70th birthday. I should have done that at the top of the show. September 9th, just a couple of days ago, she turned 70. My sweet mother, Peggy, happy birthday. I can't believe you're 70. I'm sure you can't believe it either. But, uh, you know, I, I sort of hit the jackpot in, uh, when it comes to parents and family. And uh, that good fortune is not lost on me. So happy birthday, Mom. I love you. I don't think she listens to the show, so... <laughs> Maybe she does. I have no idea. I try not to get into that. She gets me in person all too often. I think that's enough. Alright. Is that it?